My name is Matt Brown. You know, people better get us now. That's all. You better get us now. Because it, it's coming. UConn, baby! Connecticut! You're national champions! Let's go! Hurley and the Huskies have their dreams come true. One thing I learned through all of this is everybody has a dream. And everybody has a story to tell. Just try to find that story. Be kind. You told it better than most, let me tell you. Can I tell you one other thing? I mean this. I will try to play off hello, friends. But to you, everybody in the college game, my CBS family, my family, all the viewers, thank you for being my friend. everybody the world is a better place because you are here to join us my name is matt brown and i am the host of the productive conversations podcast it is wednesday april 5th 2023 and today is a celebration we are reacting to the university of connecticut the connecticut huskies are your division one men's college basketball national champions what a great day what a special show and we are doing nothing but reacting to this special special occasion i just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the productive conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and youtube and don't forget get to check out exclusive content regarding sh- this show across all our social media platforms we're on instagram at productive conversations podcast twitter at prod Cavo pod and we are on tiktok at productive conversations check us out on youtube as well look up matt brown productive conversations so the university of connecticut beat san diego state university in houston texas on monday night for the men's NCAA Division I National Championship. They win by a score of 76 to 59. They win their fifth national championship in 24 years. This is Dan Hurley's first national championship as head coach. And what a special day. What a great day to be a native of the amazing state of Connecticut. And like I said, this is a true celebration. When we started March Madness, this team was a 4C, but this team was a team to be reckoned with. After a stellar 13-0 start, and then having some struggles in the Big East, then resurging when it mattered the most, playing deep in the conference championship week, and then just absolutely destroying all the schools in their path. This is one of the most dominant runs in NCAA March Madness history. And we have two of the biggest fans of this program with us, as well as Hayden Nadler, Alex Ranelli, and Brandon Gutierrez. It is a special show for you guys, especially because you were there from the start. You have been loyal the whole time, and... You guys deserve to see the special championship. Plus, we have Hayden now. They're giving his takes. I give mine. And this is just a great day for the state of Connecticut. This is a great celebration. And let us react to this stellar victory over San Diego State. And let's say it again. The University of Connecticut. UConn is the national champions of men's college basketball. So let's react to it with some huge UConn fans and just let us reflect and talk about this special win. So let's do it. Hayden, Alex, and Brandon, it's your guys' turn once again. Let us complete this March Madness coverage. Here we go. This is a very productive conversation. 76 to 59. That was the final score. And with that, the University of Connecticut, the UConn Huskies are the Division One. 
NCAA men's college basketball national champion. One of the most dominating runs of all time is complete. A true up and down season ultimately ends in Dan Hurley leading the Huskies to their fifth national championship. San Diego State had a great run. The final four games themselves were very entertaining. Well, one was and one wasn't, but... Ultimately, it was a great weekend, and it capped off an entertaining tournament. Hayden, Alex, and Braden are here. Everyone's back. So let me throw it to the floor to the guys who have been loyal to this school all along. First, Alex and Brandon, what is it like to see UConn be the national champion? It's been a long, long time. Since 2014, and then going over, getting, well, leaving the Big East and going over to the uh, American Athletic Conference and struggling and dealing with the last few years with Kevin Ali ruining the programs and then rebuilding and finally making it back in 2023 and winning the national championship. It's uh, surreal. You know, it's, it's glad it's good to be back on top. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, just falling from grace and being at a high point with Ali's first championship, you know, taking Calhoun's old team and, you know, getting over the cross, the finish line, thinking that there was going to be hope and promise and then having that letdown, going through the struggles in the AAC, like, and then finally getting the rewards and dividends due from playing all those tough matches in the Big East and finally coming out victorious. It's like, it's extra sweet. It's extra sweet. Yep. <clears throat> And Hayden, how do you feel about this as an honorary Connecticut person? Um, I mean, I, I went to school, like I said, in, in Hamden, Connecticut, so um, a little far from, from stores. I think it's good for the state of Connecticut. Uh, I'm hopeful that my school can continue that run and win, win the uh, hockey championship because we're in the Frozen Four. But um, that being said, that was probably the most dominant run I've ever seen a team make in, in the history. In the hi- I would say arguably in the history of college basketball that was the most dominant tournament run. I personally have ever seen, um, and I'm 25 and, and, uh, 20 in the 20 plus years I've been watching college basketball. That was, that was the most dominant run I, I ever saw. Um, so, I mean, just with Klingon and Sonoga, uh, um, they really just completely dominated the entire tournament. I believe I saw a stat that they, they didn't trail, they trailed for 55 seconds in the entire tournament, which is, I beyond ridiculous, um, <laughs> I, I can't believe I, I mean, I would have, I mean, I, they probably should have been higher than a four seed like you guys talked about, but I think just like that six game stretch they got in the big East and then they pretty much just killed everyone else. So, um, it would have been interesting to see if they, they played another big East team in the tournament with maybe if they would have played like Creighton in the, in the tournament, it would have been a little bit closer Marquette because those teams seem to be a little bit more formidable, but I'm um, really outside of the big East. They really, no one else could beat them the entire season. So it should have been an indicator of things to come in the tournament. But like I said, that was the most dominant tournament run I've, I've ever seen in my life. And Dan Hurley deserves to be in the same class as Kevin Ali. Um, I, 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 Oh, he's much greater than Kevin Ali. Cause that was, this was a much better team they had than Kevin Ollie's team. Kevin Ollie's team just got in a run. This was a phenomenal team. And this compares similarly to the teams that won with Jim Calhoun when they beat when they beat Butler. Didn't they they beat Butler one year or did they, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, twenty eleven, yeah, right? Yeah, they beat Butler that one year and then um they beat Yukon. I mean they beat Connecticut and um yeah, it was just an incredible run for them. And I was I was happy to see that as a Connecticut person, someone who went to school there. 
Look at that, gentlemen. Look at that. Now, whether it was on Saturday against the Miami Hurricanes or this game against the San Diego State Aztecs, did you at all feel that maybe they could slip? Did you feel like, oh, no, I'm in trouble? Or did you just feel confident that they would keep this uh, run going? And, yeah, beat every team at least by 10 points. Confident. I think uh, our our defense was impeccable. I was not worried. We played insane defense, probably the best defense we played all season throughout the tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think – you had a couple, you know, little scares early where San Diego State got hot and they kind of set the tone. Um, UConn, once they got their footing, um, you know, five, six minutes in, there was a dry spell. They they held San Diego State to like zero points for like – or zero baskets for like 10 minutes. I thought that was just pure dominance. Highly underrated uh, portion of their unit, which was the UConn defense. Uh, you know, so shout out to them. And I think that just throughout the game, it got a little tight, you know, here and there. It got a little chippy. Um, I thought that some of the pace of play got into San Diego State's favor. Um, but at the end of the day, they were just the bigger, better team. And um, the reason I knew that they they had it in the bag was because going into the half, I think they went in up 12. They could have at least been up 20, 25. If they finished their shots at the rim. They, had, they were getting anything they wanted. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, I'll go off that a little yeah. bit. Um, I think elite teams, um, their foul shooting was really, really impressed me. Um, they really completely just hammered the game in terms of the line. That's what separates the really good teams from the elite teams, the teams that are able to constantly make foul shots in close game. And once they got it to five, once San Diego State got to five points, they just kept sinking their foul shots and kept increasing that lead. Um, that's what I think really separated UConn from other teams in in this tournament and like i said it's really good for the state of connecticut um jim moore completely revived their football team they're in a mm-hmm. bowl game here with their football team at rexler field that's going to be a place so connecticut really right now is um up on the rise in terms of sports um it's right. really good point on that fin- one. finally we're seeing a revival of, of connecticut sports the hockey teams are all good in connecticut right now um the football team at uconn has been very good and uh, i mean even even schools like Yale, Yale is going to be a good team. So nice to see Connecticut getting back on the map for sports because it's been it's been a while since they lost the Whalers and kind of the state hasn't really had a lot to be excited about besides you know kind of the neighboring states in New York and, and Boston. Well, it's always been a kind of a collegiate environment anyway, which is why having those programs so prominent back to their glory is like the most important thing for the local community and for, you know, the economy and the network of uh, people and students around here, because the reality is that you're, you're, you're sandwiched between Boston and New York, which are, you know, giant meccas for professional sports. But the reality is that a lot of that talent that's cultivated from the college level lives and resides in our area. So I think it's amazing when they, they show out and perform and they make their schools proud. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I grew up in New, in Long Island, New York, so I'm kind of getting, I mean, I got a little bit of a taste of the Connecticut sports scene and it's definitely, it's, <laughs> it's start it's starting to, to come back up. It was, I see UConn finally, finally become a lead again. Um, as much as I, I couldn't stand the UConn fans consistently telling me they're an elite program and how they want to get back to the glory days. You guys have won five national championships since 1999, which is the most out of any program in the country. So sure. that's definitely something that has to be said about that. It's dominant, man. And we're actually tied for, I think, for sixth overall, too. Yeah, we knocked yeah. Kansas out. 
out of the the top five. Who would yeah, have it's, thought? It's just nice to see a, finally a blue blood from the the northeast. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Now, with Dan Hurley staying in this world where we have NIL deals and transfer portals and all of that, do we, even if these core players leave, do you think this is one of many for Dan Hurley? Yeah. Next year, I think we have a good shot. Uh, we have uh, considerably, a lot of people are calling it the, we're the, we have the top three best recruiting class going into next year. Um they're they're calling them the fab the fab five because we got I, I I constantly forget his name but he's set nine I think he's ninth now in the country and he's a uh uh point guard he played in the uh, McDonald's All American uh and he with getting him to the school uh he also brought in three other recruits in the top fifty in the country so um it, it's looking great and then especially with the improvements of Klingon we're going to see a pretty dominant team and then winning this national championship as well is going to also boost our recruiting uh, into our program for the future years as well. Mm. Yeah. What was your favorite part of this season or this matchup? When did you know that this was going to be a championship winning team? When San Diego couldn't sink a three. <laughs> I mean, they went, they went 10 minutes without making a shot in the first half at one point. <laughs> it, they're not a bad team. They have insane No, no, they have, a, they have a very it's good just team. They don't, it's they're just scoring, which if you really want to break it down, was one of the issues with the uh, last year's UConn team, why we had a problem is we couldn't make a three for the life of us. And San Diego State, uh, they really – wanted to score in the paint and that, you know, our elite defense and especially our bigs stopped them from being able to do that, which kind of threw their offensive game in a whirl. And they tried to shoot threes and they were just missing. Yeah. Once I saw that, there was nothing really more that they can do. Okay. Okay. How about, is there anyone on this team particularly that you see becoming a major or maybe even a big NBA star? Is there anybody who's NBA worthy here or is it just great college players? Uh, well, you can say Sonogo. Yeah. Go ahead, yeah. Alex. Sure. And, <laughs> sure. and Jordan how, Hawkins. Now the only question is, you know, how much do these guys want to commit to improving their game before going into the pro game? Because the reality is that they both have some deficiencies, you know, not many for Sonogo particularly, but he, there's things he could still improve on. And Hawkins tremendously on the defensive end and, you know, um, uh, just, you know, improving, you know, his shot selection and, you know, how he comes off of screen, just being a little more efficient and more disciplined. Yeah, I think if we're talking short term, Jordan Hawkins is definitely leaving after this year. I'm pretty sure he's going to get taken in the lottery. Okay, okay. Watch out I think, for Hawkins. Uh, I think that Jackson remains to be a college, a great college sure. player if he goes into the pros. The reality is he's not ready for the pros. Um, he has no shot. He has, um, I mean, figuratively and literally, like he needs to improve his jump shooting, be, be it just at least a minimal threat beyond the three-point line to stretch the defense. Um, but other than that, his his um, his defense and, you know, his intangibles are are second to none. Yeah, he's already came out saying he's a four-year student. He's not leaving. He's yeah. going to stay for all four years. Oh, respect to that. Okay, okay. And uh, 
the most impressive player I saw on the court was Aklean. That's what that's what really impressed me the most. Yeah. I think he looked like the most. I don't want to say NBA ready, but I feel like he's the guy that really stood out to me as the guy who I feel like will be will be actually the best player in the NBA if if they decide to come out. Well, uh, yeah, Klingon is so right now they want him right? to get his, yeah, so he's getting his feet wet. The goal is to next year. I think he's going to get more minutes. We're going to start limiting Sonogos because he's on the way out, and then yeah. Klingon's going to be the main start. He's going to be the starting center. For yeah, us. he looked really good though for a freshman. Yeah, I think he looks. Really, really disciplined, and he's got great naturally. Like he, he's not, he's not awkward in his gameplay. Like usually, there's guys that get forced into pros. Be, um, I mean, into basketball because of their height. But the reality is, like when you look at his, like his, his ball hand-eye coordination, like his his foot reaction uh, speed, and the way he's able to, you know, coordinate himself. Like he just, the the game just comes so naturally. And that if he could put in the work ethic and um, you know, continue to improve his body and just become a little more stout and not pushed around as much. I mean, he's, he's already well on his way. And I, and I feel the same way about Caravan. Caravan has like an instinct for the ball that I haven't seen, especially with a, with a freshman, like he just makes the right plays at the right time. Um, He seems to fit that role perfectly with this team. Yeah. No, in two years, Caravan's going to be insane. I give him next year. You're going to see a massive improvement, but I think by his junior year, he's going to be, uh, a sharp shooter, really good at defense because that's his weakness right now. Everyone knows it. At the beginning of the year, he's gotten better. At the beginning of the year, he was not good defensively, and a lot of the time teams took advantage of that. But uh, he seemed to lock up more on defense and not not get pushed around. I thought he took a lot of risks in the championship game too. I thought there was a few um, you know, critical, crucial plays that set the tone on offense. Um where he was really aggressive going to the basket in a positive way and really kind of encouraged the rest of the team to kind of do so in, in terms of attacking the basket and getting their bigs in foul trouble for San Diego State. So you guys really feel that there is a good chance that this team can repeat for the first time since uh, the Florida Gators did in 06 07. I don't want to jinx it. I, yeah, I don't want to jinx it, but. Uh, we're getting a an actual point guard next year, like a, a mm-hmm. fully functional point guard. You know, we had Newton. Newton was not a point guard uh, at ECU. So he kind of ran into the role and, and Hurley's like, hey, you're going to be a point guard now. You got to learn how to facilitate the ball. And as you saw, he, he started to get better over the year. Last night he had a double, uh, double, double. So I but, uh, he's leaving. So that this is his last year of the program. And – and Aline and Diara and Calcaterra. So they're pretty much wiping out their backcourt. I wanted to give love to Newton because we kind of gloss over him through the tournament. And he was kind of the glue guy that was, um, you know, kind of critical for us putting these games away early and, and you know, and, uh, you know, definitively. I thought that he made a, a strong case as being the MVP of this game right next to Sonogo. I thought the way that he was able to control the tempo down the stretch in critical moments where they cut it to single digits, San Diego State. I thought that he had really, really timely plays with rebounding, um, with important free throws, and just taking care of the basketball. All right, I hear that. And a big other, my last big other question, or second to last, is with Dan Hurley. Is Dan Hurley the next stud college coach? He's a good coach. Like I've always said, he's a great program coach. He knows how to take a program and cut the fat off of it and really make it a well-oiled machine. He might not be the X's and O's, but that's why he has such a great 
coaching staff around him to pick up where he falls short. Yeah. With Bill Murray's son. I, yep. I think he's more the, <laughs> I think he's more like the galvanizing kind of rah-rah coach. But in the same breath, I yes, to answer your question, Matt, I do think that he is one of the you know, three or four or five top upcoming coaches. I still love the interim coach over at Texas. I love the coach at K-State. I love the coach at Marquette. Um, I think there's a lot of budding talent right now. You feel the same way, Hayden? Even yeah, no, the mid-majors I, you pay attention to? Um, I mean, I agree with you on that with Dan Hurley. Um, he comes from a coaching family. Bob Hurley is the coach at um, – Bobby Hurley, the coach at Arizona State. His father, obviously, one of the greatest uh, coaches uh, ever at the high school level at St. Anthony's Prep in Jersey City. Um, So he comes from a family of elite um, high school coaches. Um, And really, yeah, he did a phenomenal job at UConn this year. Went through a little bit of some some bumps with the NCAA tournament, but did completely resurrect uh, Wagner, URI, and then did a really and I think led led, uh, led UConn to a national title game, so and, and championships. So only positive things to come for uh, Dan Hurley. Did a f- fantastic job, and I don't see why not. He's shouldn't be considered one of the best coaches in, in the entire country. Hurley mania starting man. It is just getting started. And how about this proclamation he made? Don't forget he said this. People better get us now. That's all. They better get us now. I remember that press conference. That was last year. Was that last? I think it was last year. Creighton game. Yeah, pretty sure. Yep. And he's now um, we're on we're on a, a good run, and it's an exciting time to be in Connecticut. And I guess my last question here, guys, and because UConn was so dominant this season in the playoffs, whether you want to talk about the fly slam at Jamas in Houston, the um, oh the uh, UNLV, uh, all those Indiana teams, UCLA, maybe. If you want to call this recency bias, fine. But at least today, where does this team rank historically compared to all the other dominant college basketball teams? Oh, that's a hard, that's a hard yeah. question. They're they're a solid team. They're actually really great. Um, but against all yeah. other, it, it, it's hard to. Compare eras, but the I, quantifier, I, yeah, to quantify it. Yeah, I, I would put like those Duke Leitner teams in there. I would put um, the UNLV teams, the Indiana teams. I would put Wooden's run with UCLA in its totality. Um, you know, including both Kareem and Bill Wallen in that context. I, I think it, it's really hard to compare eras. I would just put it somewhere in that mix and just kind of look at you know. Look at the game-to-game comparisons and then look at the tournament run as a whole. I think that's the only way to kind of break it down. But it was it was one for the record books for sure. Yeah, I would say they definitely marked their, themselves in history as as being one of the better UConn teams to come out. And it felt it almost felt like more of a retribution tour. Like it kind of felt like every year the the, the, the corporate press and the media kind of continues to you know gloss over us as kind of qualifying as a blue blood program because we had a few down years but the reality is that it felt like a very much a statement like we're here we're back we should be in the same class and conversation as some of those big schools like a Kansas and a Duke and furthermore the same schools that 
that Calhoun built this program with back when the Big East was really the true Big East. So I think that this felt very much like a statement that like we're not going anywhere, but also we belonged here the entire time. All right. I mean, yeah, I mean, this this right here, I would say, is probably their sec- the second best team out of their five. That with the, their five titles, I would say this 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 right behind the team, Rip Hamilton in '99, is probably the, the best team they've ever had. Or I, I would say this, this is the most dominant team besides besides that one. So I would rank this either three at the absolute worst, but this is my opinion, the second best team out of out of the five championship teams they've had. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I would make a case probably for the the I don't know if it's I mean Brandon can check me on this but the 0304 with uh, Ben Gordon and Okafor I think that was That's probably a, that was probably the best team I would say team. more like three yeah three yeah 03 just because of the uh, the only reason why I say three and what makes it a strong three is one because of the 14 and 0 run at the beginning of the season also what the tournament run and winning the national championship helps it as well but. I mean, it was just hard this season because, like, I mean, the teams they beat, it was it was kind of hard to say they they beat. We beat like, Alabama. Best. I mean, yeah, you. Got, I mean, like UConn in like, the yeah. tournament in the in the the Thanksgiving tournament. It was that just we hard were, in the we tournament because it feels like I mean, well, they beat everyone by so many. By they were so dominant that it was just hard to see like the teams they played being like. I mean, they in this tournament they beat Miami. They beat. Um, they beat Miami. They beat Iona. St. Mary's, I believe. I mean, Gonzaga. They, they beat, Gonzaga. They beat some great teams, but it was just hard to. I don't really know if they beat like one really, really like elite team in this tournament. Hmm. Well, maybe they'll yeah. catch each other outside on the streets. <laughs> like, I would say the best team they beat was probably Gonzaga out yeah. of all the teams mm-hmm. they played. That was now- like the best team throughout the season. Oh man! Well, and, and just for um, just for a, a nice little white pill to kind of wrap us up as well. Like I'm looking at the recruiting class for next year. To answer Brandon's question from earlier, Stephen Castle, you, that's yes, yeah, Castle. But Yusuf Singer is the seven foot center that we're looking at. So imagine Twin Towers plus Sonogo. However you want to, you know, however you want to put that together. I mean, that's going to be unbelievable type of stature. And the two other wings we're getting, Jaden Ross and Jalen Stewart are both six, seven wings. So you're going to have length all over the place. What a time to be alive and an exciting time. Well, Alex, Brennan, and Hayden, that'll wrap up our March Madness and put an end to the college basketball season. I want to thank the three of you for doing such an incredible job. Seriously, three of the most talented dudes I know we're talking college sports and other things. This journey will continue for us and I can't wait to see where we're at a year from now. And uh, we'll check back in before we know it. Sounds good. Yes, sir, man. It's been an honor. It's, it was a yep. really, really fun tournament. It, it, it was, there was a lot of upsets this year. Surprisingly. Huge yeah, upsets. Was, there was just so many questions like, like so, like so many questions going into the tournament, and it felt like it was anybody, anybody's year to win it, and it was just like it was so fun, like breaking it down and seeing all the upsets. It was wild. That's why we love this sport. That's why we love covering sports in general. That's why we love doing this show to uh, reflect on these great things going around in our lives. But for the last time this season, Alex, Brandon, and Hayden, thank you so much, and we'll see you before you know it. Much love, guys. This was a great, 
great tournament. This was an amazing college basketball season. And my state, the state of Connecticut, for today, we are celebrating. And it was great talking with this with two of the biggest UConn fans around and Alex and Brandon. And let's celebrate responsibly and also love hearing what Hayden has to say really with anything so an amazing show guys so let's do it don't forget to like and subscribe to the productive conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and youtube and don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show across all our social media platforms whether it's instagram at productive conversations podcast twitter at prod convo pod or tiktok at productive conversations and check us out on facebook as well look up productive conversations podcast and look up me matt brown as your digital creator in this And what's special about today, April 5th, 2023, you may have noticed not only this show dropped, but we also have a full reaction to WrestleMania weekend. And by God, there is a lot to talk about there. So this has been an action-packed day for this show. I really highly recommend that you go check out our WrestleMania show. Because not only we had some historic booking decisions, some incredible entertainment, but this is on the brink of a historic sale where the World Wrestling Entertainment Inc. WWE has been sold to Endeavor, who also owns UFC. So amongst this deal, UFC and the WWE will be merged into one major company regarding all combat sports worth $21 billion. And of course, we're going to talk about that news and the insane booking decisions. Cody got screwed. But besides that, check it out. Both these podcasts dropped at the same time. Next week, the NBA playoffs are right around the corner, so we're going to be covering that. We also have some special guests along the way. This is going to be another great month of the Productive Conversations podcast. And we start with uh, we start this month with huge reaction shows to two humongous events that took place this past weekend. Man, this is going to be a great month of content. And yeah, so here we go. I just want to also take the time to wish two people in my life a very happy birthday. My brother, Brendan St. Brown, you know how much I love you and how much you make us proud of what you do. Have a wonderful birthday, the first guest of this podcast. And then one of my best friends in this world, Sam Anchari. You know how much I love you as well and how much of an impact you make with so many people around. So proud of what you're doing as well. So happy birthday, Sam and Brendan. Back-to-back birthdays. And yeah. Some really great stuff with that. I just want to thank Alex Ranelio, Brandon Gutierrez, and Hayden Nadler for covering an amazing, amazing Division I men's college basketball season with me. Thank you for taking the time to cover March Madness. I had a lot of fun. It was very meaningful to me, and I hope we could do it again next year. You are three of the most talented podcasters and three of the most talented minds when it comes to college basketball, and I only hope you are part of this journey as we grow this brand. And I want to just thank Alex DeJesus, a.k.a. Doloren, for what he does as the associate producer of the show. Your hard work is never never missed and it's always appreciated and i just want to thank you the greatest fans and listeners in the world for coming on this great journey in terms of recording and covering march madness we will see you next year with it it's going to be a lot of fun 
Definitely check out our WrestleMania reaction, which dropped today as well on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And I hope you have a wonderful, absolutely wonderful weekend. Happy Passover to our fellow Jewish listeners. Happy Easter for all of you celebrating the special day where Jesus came back from the dead. And yeah, let's just have a wonderful spring weekend together. And I'll be back with some more content next week. My name is Matt Brown. I am the host of the Productive Conversations Podcast. And I'll see you really soon. Peace. All she needed was some...